everyone, and welcome to an episode of The Books to I'm Sam, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Alex, and my pronouns are she, her. And today we have an author with us again. Can you introduce us, tell us your name, your pronouns, and um, the book that just came out the other day? Well, my name is Suzanne Feldman. My pronouns are she, her. And my book is Sisters of the Great War, which will be released, I guess, when you hear this, it will have already been released, but on October 26th. Yay. Are you excited? Yeah. Do you have plans for publishing day? Um, yeah, I do. Oh. <laughs> October is so booked. Oh, yes. And, um, but we're also going to have a big uh, Zoom party in November that everyone is invited to. It's my big oh. fat book release party. I love that. Uh, yeah, so we'll be sending out links to everybody on all my contacts list. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah, send it I will be sure. there for um, sure. Do you are you gonna go try to find your book in like bookstores and sign it? Um, I don't know how that's gonna be with COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, COVID. Forget about that. <laughs> we're we're both in Florida, so we have to like oh, make a Lord. conscious effort to remember I mean we're good about it but I forget like other states and other people have like a better lockdown system and I'm like oh we can go anywhere we want here whether we should or not wow yeah Yeah. I just go to the grocery store and home and I wear my mask and that's about what I do yeah I'm the only person in a mask I feel like anymore so Um, when people look at me strangely like I'm doing something wrong and I'm like wait a second that's right Um, I have so many masks in my car, like it's not even funny. And my family is very, um, very Republican. Yeah. Yeah, Floridian. Um, and so anytime they ride with me, I'm like, put this mask on. Like you're not going into the store. And they're like, it's just five minutes. I'm like, put the mask on. Yeah. And so, yeah. But listen, we're doing our part. We're pushing it on other people, okay? That's right. We're doing it. (laughs) Duty calls. Small pockets of Florida are trying really hard. Um, Okay, can you give us a synopsis of Sisters of the Great War? Okay, yeah. So there are two sisters who live in Baltimore in 1914. And this, of course, is before women, you know, got even the right to vote, um, much less pursue their career goals. So Ruth is a nurse um, who uh, goes out with her her doctor father to uh, make house calls. Her sister is younger, Elise, and uh, Elise has basically no social skills and um, wants to be a car mechanic. And so she fixes her father's car to, um, you know, kind of stay in the loop there. They decide to volunteer for uh, duty in World War I as a nurse, and then Elise gets there, and she's like, oh my goodness, all the ambulances are driven by women, and none of the women know how to fix the ambulances. Yeah, so because all the men were fighting. So she um, becomes an ambulance driver and the lead mechanic for her unit, and they both find the loves of their lives. Yeah, they do. Um, I will tell you I was just at book club and I was telling them about it and I was like I brought it and I was like listen you have to read this and they were like Sam because I make them read everything like I'm like oh this is oh you thought it was one book a month it's 10 thank you (laughs) um and I was like selling it to them and I was like it's such a beautiful story of like siblings Mm -hmm. like Uh and the love for a sibling and I was just like 
that to me is like really like so much part of that synopsis because of what Elisa does for her sister and even Ruth, what Ruth does for Elise, like at times, like it's just a beautiful view of sisterhood and love and like siblingness. And I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. (laughs) So much. That is awesome. I also really, I had no idea that ambulances were, I didn't pay a lot of attention in my history class. Um, I don't know that I had great like history teachers in my public schools, but I found that fascinating that like the women were driving the ambulance. I had no idea. So I'm like, this is so cool. And if I could have, you know, gone back in time, I probably would have done something like that too. No, no, no. It was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But I was like, how like badass though at the same time. Very much badass. Yes. Ernest Hemingway was a World War One ambulance driver, but he was really, a- yeah. I had no idea about that either. I know nothing. I feel like I know nothing. (laughs) Um, So can I ask a a question? Um, The, you can tell that you spent a lot of time doing your research on this. Like Mm -hmm. this was fascinating. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Like what, what even led you down the path of World War One? Well, there are so many books written about World War II these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, yes. So many. And I thought, you know, I would like to write a war story, but um, hmm, not World War II. Yeah. And uh, so that left other wars. And I just yeah. thought <laughs> one would be, you know, one to pursue. And uh, I didn't really know much about World War I, except that it was, you know, one of the difficult things to write about with World War I is, what happens during World War I? I mean, basically nothing happens during World War I. Right. Trenches, the trenches have been dug. For four years, the trenches barely move. Uh, and people get shot on both sides. They get gassed, they get bombed, they get killed. And so when you're writing about soldiers in the trenches, it's not that interesting a story unless you have written All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. And that is uh, a classic, classic book about trench warfare. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I was going to write about the women in World War One, and um, you know they sure weren't fighting in the trenches, but they were in the hospitals, which was right. pretty, pretty bad. Right, yeah. Um, and I didn't want to write, you know, uh, you know British women or Belgian women in the trenches. That's like a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Right. I've, I've lived in Baltimore, and I know the people in Baltimore, and I can tell you that they would immediately go over. Yeah. To yeah. Fight in World War One. Yeah. It's so interesting because it reminds me of how much of history we don't know. And like that includes like women's part in history and like LGBTQ plus history and how like those stories we just never get told. So if you don't like seek out these stories and learn a little, then you just never know That's what, right. happened, what actually happened. It's hidden history. It's forgotten women. And it's... um. And it's so relevant. You know, we have to keep reinventing ourselves because we don't have the history to back us up. Right. Yeah. Is that also why you added in like the LGBTQ plus component of your book to add that to the story too? Um, I actually always write gay characters, LGBTQ characters in all the books that I've ever written. And uh, yeah, (laughs) Um, so I just feel like it's an incomplete world without us. Yeah, um, amen. You know, we had we had color. Yes, we we do. do. Yeah, Uh, it's so funny. So I read last night at the Telegraph Club right before I read this, and the first part of your book where um, she sees kind of like the club and 
I was just like floored. I was like, oh my gosh, like worlds are connecting. And so then it put me on a like 1130 at night, like search on just that part of history and like that. And it was so fascinating. Um, And I just, I was really grateful because that's not something that I have ever even thought about Mm -hmm. until then. And I was like, man, that's something that we should pay homage to and be proud of, you know, especially. It's it's not that far in the past either because I used to live in Des Moines, Iowa, and there was one gay bar and it had a purple note on the door, a purple musical note. And uh, and that's what that one is based on. And we would like you know sneak in. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was so secret. And this yeah. is when I was your age, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it really was not long. I actually two of my best friends are from Iowa, so I'm gonna tell them the story when we're done. I'm like, hey, go spot. Um, they'd probably say the same thing that it's still like probably one gay bar in all of Iowa, but. <laughs> I'm well, you know, it depends what city you're in. But yeah, they, they were like, not. I think one of them is from Waterloo, so I don't know. Yeah, there, okay. <laughs> I don't, I've never been to Iowa. I don't know that I'll ever go. But Curious about Waterloo there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your descriptions were fantastic. They were truly immersive for us. Like, the, I mean, I don't think that I've ever read, well, I'm going to be honest um books set in war are not usually my forte to like gravitate to but they were just so immersive um can you tell us a little bit about how you created such vivid and almost horrific descriptions well there's um and i say i say horrific not in a negative light at all like i understand (laughs) um totally um, World War One was a period when um, cameras were just being, you know, cameras had been invented in the 1860s or thereabouts. Right. So they became popular and used like, like normal people would use a camera. Yeah. Um, by the time the, the 19-teens rolled around. And so World War One is very well documented. There's um, a movie called, I think it's called 1918, hmm. which is um, a colorized, I'm probably wrong about the title, but it um, it's a, <laughs> a colorized version of the silent films that were taken at the front. And they had lip readers um, read what the people were saying. And so mm-hmm. they added sound. Oh my God. Wow. To these silent movies and what these people were saying. It's so interesting. But to get back to your question, <laughs> um, so it's well documented, and there are pictures from both sides, from the German side and from the um, Allied side, and they're awful. I mean, it's just yeah. it is unbelievable some of the things that that were going on. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually a, I was an art teacher in high school for almost thirty years, and so. And my degree is in art. And so for me, a picture is really worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. And so I like went to the used bookstore and got a bunch of time life books about World War One and American heritage. And you know, I I read too, and I read, you know, different books about yeah. World War One. But the pictures were were definitely sort of the the way in for me in terms of description. Yeah. 
um hearing that makes me appreciate your story a little more because like that's fantastic writing like when I tell you there were times that like I would just have to put your book down and just like take a moment because it it just yeah puts you into that story so much um thank you one one part that I think of is when the they're leaving the hospital and they're all running and they have to um the soldier finds them and says oh they don't bomb twice in the same spot Mm -hmm. like that conversation like plays in my head all like at random times because I'm like oh my gosh like and then when she's like thank you and he's like oh well that was just (laughs) make sure we lived you know (laughs) yeah there's no safe place in hell no. Oh. Oh wow. That's a great. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that really. I was like, that really resonated with me right in that moment. Yeah. It did. I, I put oh, myself chills. Yeah. Yes. That's a great line. Yes. Um. Okay. Uh, so obviously there are two sisters. Do you, did you have a favorite to write, or do you like, you like them both equally? Place. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's okay. a hard. I'm always wondering if authors have like secret favorites, but most of them really love all their characters. I'm finding. I do love all my characters, yeah. but Elise I, is my favorite. I really thought that like I would love Elise the most, um, and I was like, oh yeah, but I loved Ruth. You did. I thought you loved Elise the most because you wrote a question for Elise. <laughs> well, I did. I have questions for Elise, but like I loved yeah, okay. Ruth. Hmm. I loved Ruth. I loved the fact that like. Ruth fought so hard and she never gave up on like that dream of becoming a surgeon Mm -hmm. and like she was scrappy and it was was just fantastic. Good job. But yeah, Ruth was my favorite. Um, Okay. So we have a question. Um, We have a lot of listeners who are up and coming writers and are working. Do you have any advice that you would like to bestow on our listeners about the writing process, the publishing process, anything? Oh, I have so much to say. Yeah. It, yeah. It just goes on. And I could stop please. me. <laughs> no, please tell us. <laughs> so for writing, you know, if you're just getting started, um, I find that it really helps to treat it like a job. Oh. I write from 10 to two every day. Wow. And these hours are sandwiched by playing with my dog and fixing dinner. um, (laughs) But that's like my writing time and nobody bothers me. Not even the dog. The dog has learned. Nice. Um, So you really have to just, you know, put your butt in a chair. Yeah. Put the laptop on and just start putting things on the page. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one of the most important pieces of advice is to know that to to write well, you must first write badly. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah, because that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be bad, and you have to embrace that. And then you can edit it and make it, you know, fantastic. Right. Um, it's a uh, very doggy dog in the publishing world. Uh-huh. It's tough to get an agent. It's tough yeah. to get a publisher. I am very, very lucky. Um, but, you know, it takes persistence. Mm-hmm. Um, the book that came out before this one, Absalom's Daughters, um, I spent 10 years writing it because I was teaching at the same time. And it took me two years to sell it. And then, you know, another, you know, 18 yeah. months for it to come out. So it's just, you know, it is a long, long process and you just have to be, you know, there with it. I had a friend who um, was like, I'm going to write a book in a year and uh, sell it. 
and he yeah. sold his boat so he could um, stay at home and write his book. And um, and it's just not long enough. It's a yeah. lifetime commitment. That, so, I, <laughs> how long does it take you to write a book like Sisters with like the research and then like getting the whole story out? Because I feel yeah, like researching is a long process. I don't know. Yeah, and I kind of did it as I was writing it. I was like, we get to a point, I'm like, what now? Yeah. This look yeah. Like? So, and I'm a, a seat of the pants writer. I'm like, oh, let's do this. And oh, what if yeah. there's a hospital and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, that's <laughs> so I, I was, there's a lot of stuff that's been cut, but this was a four year project. Oh, okay. Wow. That's not, I mean, I feel like compared to 10 years when you were working and writing, four years sounds really fast yeah I retired and so now I have more time. now you can write yeah every day um I'm just in awe of you writing and teaching I teach seventh grade so in oh, my head wow. I'm like oh lord I could not imagine it's <laughs> a lot of work yeah. do you, what do you teach I teach language arts oh yeah yeah <laughs> Um, you're talking to, I'm like, oh God, my brain hurts. Like thinking about, you know, two jobs. Ugh. Teaching all but, day and then going home and writing all night. Lots yeah. of coffee and chocolate. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm here for all that. I think I also have chocolate just in general. So like, I'm here for that. Yes. Definitely. It's good for the soul. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, okay. So based off of your um, books, Tell us, do you have any favorite LGBTQ plus books or that you would recommend or that you've read lately that you were just like, man, like those hit well? Wow. That's a really good question because I don't have a lot of time to read. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. When you're writing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's hard. And plus I, this sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but you know, all the scrolling on social media makes it really hard to focus. Uh, on. So, that's not ridiculous. Yeah. Cause that happens okay. to me every night. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I have favorite authors that are not, you know, specifically LGBT yeah. plus, um, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Garcia Marquez is one of my favorite writers. I go back yes. to him oh. again and again. Um, Louise Erdrich, who wrote um, a short story collection called Tracks, that is one of my favorite short story collections. I mean, she's written a zillion other books. Right. Boy, I love that book. Um, uh, I'm just looking at my bookshelf. Yeah, everyone tends to look behind them or around <laughs> them. It's on there. Um, and let's see, who else? Well, you know, this is science fiction, but N.K. Jemison. We love N.K. Jemison. Yeah, yes. he's amazing. Yes, an amazing writer. I mean, what a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I would say I'm going to stick with those three as my. Yeah. Um, my I'm top here list. for that. Yeah. Um, the fifth season. Oh, that whole series. Right. So getcha. Ah. Oh. Yeah. The last one and like I can't bring myself to read it because I don't want it to end right. and that's the kind of reader I am <laughs> you just won't you won't end this you so you have science fiction backlist books can you tell us yes. a little bit about those because they've won awards too right yeah I I you know won a nebula award in 2001 oh yeah what, what? <laughs> that's awesome for a short story called The Cure for Everything, which is in a collection called The Cure for Everything. Ooh. Oh, and wow. so I have a short story collection that is, um, was published by a very small press and it gets, and I should really put it on my website, but I keep forgetting. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, so I wrote three books. One, the first one is called Speaking Dreams, and it's about um, this young, young woman who um, is bred as a slave um, and is sold to a woman who is um, an ambassador and it, who is going into a war zone. And so that story is about how they support each other and fall in love. Mm. Um, and the next one is um, sort of in that same world, but in a different place. Um, it's called Hand of Prophecy, and it's oh. about a young woman who's been sold as a slave who ends up in an arena with a whole set of characters who are there to either, you know, take her out or help her. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, so that's, um, and I really, that, I have to say that's one of my favorite of the ones that I've written. I, I like that book a lot. Oh, wow. And the last one the, of the three science fiction books that were all published in the 90s is called The Annunciate. And it's about, um, well, let me back up. Okay. So let's talk about capitalism. <laughs> yes. So, <Please. laughs> you know, drug use is the ultimate capitalistic thing, right? Because mm -hmm. you have a captive audience, you're always selling, you can sell whatever forever price you want. They have to have it. So yep. that book is about um, the drug trade in a galaxy far, far away in the future and mm -hmm. stuff. And it's uh, about a young woman who falls in love with another woman who happens to be a drug dealer. And, um, and there's aliens. And I'll just leave it at that. I love this already. Yes. yes. I saw all of them on your uh, website. And I was like, oh, yeah. I need to look these up. I've just recently gotten into sci-fi. So I'm trying to uh, read more of it. And if it's gay, I can, I'll definitely read it. So yeah, sure, okay. right? So I do have to tell you, I do not identify as a sci-fi gay. Um, I really like space gays. I felt like I missed the mark for the longest time. And then I read Becky Chambers, um, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. And then I was like, maybe, maybe I am. And now I like I, everything sci-fi. I'm like, oh, maybe, like, let me read this. So definitely putting that on my list especially if it's gay i'm in i'm in oh yeah they're all three all <laughs> and, and in the 90s it wasn't that common to have gay characters yeah. was it harder to publish books then because you had like gay characters and a gay I love story i had a great editor at um avon which is part of harper collins yeah, oh, I love yeah. Avon. they um jennifer bro was my editor and she was like send me more so oh. she was great. She was great. Um, my agent was like, well, this isn't like it was when I was a kid, but here you go. <laughs> I won't burn your house down, agent. <laughs> oh. oh, man, that was like a really nice way of saying that, I guess, if you have to. But he, he, he wasn't sure what to do with me, but he was yeah. like, you're going to be a star. So. Oh, yeah. I love that. That is awesome. So it do you... Awesome. Do you have any like future projects in the works? Yes. Ooh, do you tell. So, I'm working on a book right now called, well, it has its title is in flux, but right now it's called Artie Girls. So it's about women in art school who are in art oh. college, I guess, who are uh, one's gay, one discovers she's gay, mm -hmm. one is not. And um, it's, it's about, it takes place in 1975. And it's sort of, um, you know, against the end of the Vietnam War and, you know, the rising of feminism 
And these girls are trying to get gallery space in what is essentially a man's art world. Mm -hmm. right. So it's, it is, it's one of my favorite books right now. Oh, that that's actually so nice. Sounds very good. I'm really, I love, uh, I love that there are three characters and one of them already knows she's gay. One of them is just, because that I feel like relatable on all ends. And then you have the yeah. one who's not. So anyone else can read that too. Um, um, it definitely gives me Mona Lisa smile vibes. I'm not even going to lie. Like listening to you, I was like, Ooh, where's Julia? Julia Roberts, where are you at, girl? <laughs> she'll, star, she'll star in the movie of it. I know I think they should make a movie of sisters of the great war too like I'm sick of all the uh fighter pilot movies where it's just like you know men shooting at each other like give oh. me the the gay I'm, ambulance driver I'm mm -hmm. sorry top gun what okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you know, is there anything more homoerotic than a man flying a plane yeah oh, yeah no no there's not oh, sorry. <laughs> I meant yeah I agree. I agree. Okay. Before we leave you, we do have a good a question that we ask everyone. Mm -hmm. What is giving you life this week? It can be something big. It can be something small. What is just brightening your week this week? The weather. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Are you somewhere where it's getting cold? I'm in Maryland and oh. Um, oh. Beautiful. The, the summer has been awful. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just been like being stomped on by a big smelly foot. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> so now we have the beautiful fall weather with the clear blue sky and Ugh. the dog likes going for a walk again. And it's, it's great. I'm jealous. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Um, <laughs> so sorry, you're in Florida. <laughs> I'm waiting for Florida to get nice. Well, you're more north than me, so you might have. Yeah. Um, it got into the low 60s here for like Sorry, three what? days. And it's been so fantastic. Like I wore a denim jacket this morning and I was like, Oh, this That's is amazing. Nice. It was like 90 <laughs> degrees here today. So I mean, it did hit 90, but like that start, start out at the 60 I'm here for. Yeah. It makes dressing really hard. This like weird interim period where it's like really cold in the morning or nice in the morning, but then it's like a hundred billion degrees by 12 PM. Um, yeah. I live on the river and I have two labs and they like every morning before I go to school, like I'll open my door and they'll go swim and then they'll come back. And for the past two mornings, my dogs have went swimming and then they're freezing and they're like begging to be let in. I'm like, y'all made this decision. I did not tell you to go swimming. So this morning I watched my dog Grizz like run, like barrel down there and he just stopped right at the edge and he like looks back up at me and like whines, like, please let me inside if, if I go swimming. And I'm like, ugh fine go and so like they hop in and they come back and it's just so funny because like That's hilarious yeah they are hilarious hilarious yeah. well um, thank you so much yeah can you tell us where uh everyone can find you on the internet we'll put it in our show notes but just in case sure let me tell you all my social media content yes um first of all you can buy my book on bookstore mm -hmm. on amazon mm-hmm Really anywhere. I understand it's going to be in Target and Walmart. Yay! I love when oh I my see a book in Target. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Everyone buys their books at Target. Hopefully, somebody who makes a movie will buy it and say, "Hey, yes. wow, this is awesome." Um, on Twitter, I'm Suzanne two one seven zero two. It's just my zip code. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Suzanne Feldman on Facebook. 
and uh, I welcome new people. Yeah. Um, I'm Suzanne Feldman, author on Instagram. Uh -huh. Oh, Lord, is there more? Your website? My website is SuzanneFeldman.net. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you guys much. So much. Um, please come back when your next yes. book comes out, too, because we want to yeah. do that. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love that. All right. Cheers, queers. Cheers.